This week's Press Lunch and Audio includes comments made first by Akello Witherspoon, then offensive center Alex Kelly, next head coach Mike McIntyre, before quarterback Sefo Lufau, and inside linebacker Kenneth Olobode. Everybody all ready to go? All right. Akello uh, Witherspoon, questions for Akello? Can we do with the mics? Akello, <coughs> there's, there's strong leadership in almost every position group on this team. In the secondary, uh, how much have uh, Cheeto and Tedrick meant to you as a player in the two years you've been here with them? Uh, they've been big since the day I got here. They were the two that kind of played as freshmen who I looked up to and really just wanted to strive to be like since day one. And uh, just playing well with them as a unit, as a senior group, it just feels great. How do you let, uh, you know, the, the fact that you could win this football game and win the Pac-12 South serve as motivation but not get too big in terms of, uh, too big of a moment for you guys? I think we detach ourselves from the moment, honestly. We look at going 1-0 each week. That's what we've been about all year. And it makes it very easy to be successful each week when you just focus on that individual game, not the accolades, not what you're going to accomplish, but just going out and doing what we've done all year to be successful. And then when those accomplishments come, when the game is over, we definitely enjoy and appreciate them. Kelly, you guys have had a lot of close games in the history against Utah every game since the two have been in the Pac-12 and it's been decided by a touchdown or less. Do you, do you view this team as, as a rival? Um, I don't. I wouldn't say no. Not not specifically because of them. Just more because of what we're about as a team. Uh, we don't really see rivalry games other than Colorado State. I will give them that. But uh, we just go out and play. Uh, whoever lines up against whatever helmet you got on, we're gonna come out and be ready to play. Akello, uh, given the way that Utah plays, very physical. Mm -hmm. Is this a different type? week of preparation than you had last week for Washington State? Definitely. Last week was about stopping the pass, obviously, with Washington State's pass offense. This week, we believe that they're going to try to establish the run. So that's been a focus, just um, really trying to be physical in the run game, wrap up, tackling some of the things that weren't of emphasis last week. rankings come out tonight? Will that be must-see TV for you? Or if it's on, you'll watch it, but you're not around, you won't? Yeah, no, I won't be watching it, honestly. Um, I really don't get into all that kind of stuff. I'll probably be watching Netflix or something, just in the bed, relaxing, playing video games. Akella, can you just talk about your improvements this season? I think uh, Pro Football Focus just released you as one of the highest-rated corners in the world. Can you just talk about your individual development this season? Yeah, it's been it's been a three-year development, honestly. Uh, it's nice to see it all come into play this year, but I've been working since the day I got here for this year just to uh, really be my best and help my teammates out and help them win football games. I focused a lot in the offseason on uh, being quick, kind of getting some of the technical skills that I didn't have as a 6'3 corner, and I really feel that I'm starting to push that direction, and it's helping me and it's showing out on the field, as, long, excuse me, as well as confidence, too just from playing and being out there getting snaps. Akella, as you guys approach your final home game of the season, the final home game for the seniors, uh, what's the legacy that you hope to leave here at Colorado? I think we want to be the team that switched the program around. Uh, we've been in a little drought at Colorado for years now. And uh, we really focused on when we came in here, when I was being recruited, is how long it was going to take or when could we turn this program around. That was my main focus. 
And if that's what I've done, if this place continues to continue on an uphill rise, then I feel like we've left our legacy. How do you guys think you've turned this program around? What's, what's been mm -hmm. the recipe? I think it's been hard work and discipline. Uh, we work hard. Since the day I got here, we've always worked hard. I wouldn't say we were as disciplined a group as we are now. And with that discipline comes leadership because now the leaders are holding people to a certain standard because they're also um, holding themselves to the same standard. And as a senior group, that's what we do well. Uh, we all lead as a, as a unit, and we follow the same standards that we expect from the juniors, sophomores, and freshmen. Any more questions for Akella? Yeah, Coach, thank you. All right, thank you, Akella. We'll thank you, guys. Here we got senior center Alex Kelly here. We'll raise any questions. Alex, I think that um, you know, regardless of what happens the last couple of weeks, this senior class will have um, sort of that legacy as as the group that did it, the group that kind of got this turned around and, and in the right direction. How much how much does that mean to you? Um, it's funny that you say the group that did it, because um, in my eyes, if we don't win on Saturday, we don't become Pac-12 South champs. To me, we just won a bunch of games, and it's cool, but that's not our ultimate goal. So we still have a lot of work to do ahead of us. Alex, is Utah's front maybe the most physical you guys have faced this year? Um, you know, in the past they have been. Uh, you know, I, I could probably answer that better Saturday night, but I'm preparing for how they've played in the past, and, yeah, they, they're usually one of the most physical fronts we face. How have they played in the past, other than being, you know, just really physical? Yeah, I mean, they're, like I said, they're super physical front, and then, um, you know, they like to do some games up front. Not not many, but they like to switch it up, and they're really, it comes down to how their guys are. They got some dudes up front. Um, yeah, they're they're pretty good. Alex, how, how are you preparing for this Utah team who just lost at home to Oregon? Yeah, we're preparing just like any other week. Um, you know, Coach Adams, our online coach, he always talks about this process that we have. And, you know, each day we come out and practice, and you need to get the most out of you can, the most that you can out of each day. Washington State and Utah seem like polar opposites to the common fan. But from your perspective as an offensive lineman preparing for a game, does the preparation change because the opponents seem so different, or um, the preparation doesn't change, but the way you prepare for that team does. You know, at Washington State, they like to move their front a lot. They like to just create chaos. Um, Utah is more, you know, bigger, stouter guys who just like to press the line of scrimmage and, and read from there. Um, so, yeah, just we still need to prepare like we've always have, but just in a little bit different way. Alex, what do you think the legacy of Seppo I think the legacy he'll leave behind was one of the toughest competitors that we've seen at this school before. And, you know, I've been a fan a long time, and I've seen a lot of different uh, people come through here. And that, in my eyes, that's, that's the legacy he'll leave behind. Alice, do you guys view Utah as a rival? <laughs> um, you know, I, I've gotten asked that a lot this week, and I view them as the next game coming up. You know, it's, it's the biggest game of the season because it is our next game. So, yeah.
Alex, last year you guys obviously went through a basically revolving door around you on the offensive line, and that group has struggled. This year, there's been a little bit of that, but you guys played pretty well. You talk about the difference in the two seasons and, and how impressed you are with a lot of the guys around you that have kind of been in and out sometimes with injuries and things like that. Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest factor uh, with the stability this year is having Jeremy Irwin back. Um, you know, he's, he's a captain on our team, and he's a really hardworking guy. And, you know, as far as other people have gone down for, an, for a game or two and other people stepped up, and, you know, a lot of people got a lot of playing time last year, and uh, that really helped in this year. Like John Huckins, um, he had to step in and play left guard next week, and he did a phenomenal job. I think he graded out the highest. And just a re really a testament to how the guys in our line room work week in and week out. Alex, this is going to be your last game at Folsom. Um, what are your thoughts on that? And this is the first time for you that it's not going to be the last game of the season. And your thoughts on that also? Um, you know, it, it still hasn't really set in yet because we're just going out and working. And, you know, it'll probably hit me at some point this week, but... I'm just trying to work and focus on Utah, and you know, I'll let yeah, you know, I'll let that stuff take care of itself later. And as far as uh, my what was that my last game? It's not your last game of the season. Oh yeah. You have one, maybe two games. Yeah, so it's awesome to finally make it to a bowl game, but I want to make it to a good bowl game. I don't want to lose this game and you know, kind of leave it up to anyone else. I want to go to the Pac-12 championship, win that, and go to the Rose Bowl or whatever. So we still have a lot of work to do. Alex, you were asked about this being a rivalry, and you referenced kind of how long you've been a fan of this program, and obviously you're a legacy player. So let me ask it in a different way. Which shade of red do you despise the most, Utah or Nebraska? <laughs> I would say Nebraska because so <laughs> my dad still doesn't let anyone wear red when I go home, not even my mom. <laughs> Uh, our guys are excited about uh, this Saturday night, um, and uh, it's a you know definitely a big game. Um, you know Utah has uh, beat us the three times I've, I've coached against them here, and um, Kyle does a he's the longest tenured coach in our league and done a phenomenal job there. Um, it's going to be a, an absolute tough game. They are physical on both sides and front and. Uh, they got a running back that's pretty hard to tackle. So uh, um, I'll take any questions at this time. Coach, you made a comment in the aftermath of a win, <clears throat> excuse me, against Washington State that I thought was interesting about bringing football back, essentially, I think, to the CU family. Can you expound on that a little bit and exactly what that means? Yeah, I think that the, this group of young men, um, to me, from every, all the emails I get, when I go out places and the kids are saying the same thing, kind of, um, I don't know if it's reconnected, um, brought um, those people back and a connection with the University of Colorado. And, and I believe also a lot of people in the state because we are the state university. And I think it sends a lot of pride throughout the country um, about what we have and what we're doing. And, uh, you know, football um, is important at the University of Colorado. It just hadn't been very good in a while. And uh, now that hopefully we can uh, keep doing what we're enjoying doing and, and keep building it and uh, develop fans that are 
in elementary school that um, the kids who are in elementary school, we haven't been very good. The kids are in high school now. We weren't very good when they were younger. And so hopefully we can just keep developing that and get a lot of, uh, a lot of following back. And uh, I just think it's kind of reconnected and rekindled some old sparks maybe is a good way to put it too. At this point with your team, are you more impressed with their physical maturity and, and their fundamental growth or with their, with their mental strength and growth they've made over the time you've been I'm not going to try to be a political answer here, but both. <laughs> um, both of them, uh, they've grown in, in stature and wisdom <laughs> is what they've done. Mike, I know you probably sit here for, for a long time to talk about your senior class. Mm -hmm. um, but. Obviously, this is a group that's, that's going to have the legacy of they were the ones that, yeah. that finished it like this, that, that got everybody back like you were just talking about. How much does that part of it mean to you that, that these that group that came in with you got to have that? It means everything that this group of guys were able to get it done in their time. And, uh, you know, some of them have redshirted to have different injuries and they'll still be a part of it next year and keep it going. Um, but it's really un unique to me that these guys' hard earned work, all their blood, sweat, and tears truly, body parts, you know, get putting back together to keep fighting and keep believing that these guys get to do it. Not often in life does that always happen. Um, and, uh, you know, we finish this like we want. It truly is a dream come true. And to have, to have, you seemingly have a senior at almost every position group to lead. I mean, from the offensive line, the quarterback, mm -hmm. defensive line, linebacker, secondary. How, how big is that been that everywhere you look, you've got one of those guys to kind of help? It, it's, it's really big. Um, and, you know, if, we, if they're not, quote, a senior, they're a, a, a fourth-year junior or they're a third-year junior um, that has been through some battles. And uh, they're passing it down. Um, they're they're truly leaving a legacy. They're 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 changing the. They've changed the culture, and it will stay um, because they're not letting anything slide. They kind of police themselves, and so to speak, and set standards and hold guys accountable. And um, it, it's been it's been. I haven't had quite a group like this um, that that is doing actually that. Um, so it's, it's been really special watching that because they they've told them we want to see this when we're sitting in our den or hanging out with our buddies four years from now, we want to see Colorado going across there at eighth or ninth or tenth in the country or higher. Um, and, and they know that they can establish that culture and, and, and pass it down. Like, it's got to be an emotional week for those seniors knowing they're playing their last home game uh -huh. here at Folsom Field. So you having been a coach and been through a bunch of senior classes that have gone through this, now they've seen it from other players, but do you talk, about, talk to them about trying to keep their emotions in check before you know, they get emotional on that. Right. What, what, what I told them was is everybody's coming in here for Thanksgiving. Everybody's going to be excited. But uh, they're not coming here for their last game. They're coming here to see if they can go to, to Levi Stadium. It's a whole different mentality. Um, so to me, it's definitely a send-off, but it's not an end-off. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so um, that makes it even more special. Um, and uh, this is always the best way to do it, and especially with everything that's riding on it. Um, you know, like uh, Nick Fisher said, and he's just a sophomore, the, the hairs on the back of his neck are standing up, and, you know, that's exciting. Yes? Uh, what has Taryn back meant to the team, especially with D-Mac going down? Yeah, um, Taryn's uh, done really well. He's, he's played in a lot of games. He plays on our uh, kickoff return team, kickoff team, special teams there. And then he's a good pass rusher. He's played a lot of plays on defense. Um, um, Taryn's one of the kind of the unsung heroes on our football team, just keeps plugging, keeps fighting, keeps going. 
and uh, Taryn's been a big part of our team. Considering his history after the car accident? Yes, uh, he's, a, he's come a long way. And you kind of see him kind of keep getting better and better at football um, each week. And uh, it's exciting. He always has a good attitude. And, um, you know, he's just a sophomore, so he's got a lot of football ahead of him. Speaking of unsung heroes, what has Sean Irwin meant to this offense, even though he's not out there catching passes? Right. Sean's been a, a, a great deal. He's won our Hammer Award, I think, two or three times. Been up for it a bunch. Um, his, his blocking um, and what he's done there has been exceptional. He's been able to help us run the football. Him and George, their blocking has been excellent. And uh, um, uh, Sean has had a really excellent year, um, even though he hasn't caught some balls. We had a couple thrown, had plays to him. It didn't work out. Um, and hopefully he'll be able to catch some balls here as we go down the stretch. Um, but uh, he, he's had an excellent, excellent year. And his leadership's been phenomenal. Coach, he builds. Uh, he brings a physical presence to our team on special teams and on offense. Coach, beyond wins and losses, considering the season, what are you most about this team thankful about? Wow, I, I got too long. I'd be like the Christmas list. Um, <laughs> I, I think that uh, I'm just thankful um, they stayed and fought with a positive attitude, and that's what turned it. They stayed, they fought, and they had a positive attitude. And uh, they learned an unbelievable life lesson. I've said that a few times, but they really have. So uh, um, I'm just thankful that they um, cared enough about each other, um, cared enough about me, cared enough about the university that they stuck it out. And now they realize in life, if you just keep sticking it out and keep pushing and keep fighting and keep hoping and keep believing, things can come true. Because a lot of times you quit before it, you ever have the chance to get there, and, and they've, they've shown that. Um, you know, I took them on a climb a couple of years ago, about, eight, about eight, well, I guess it's 18 months ago, and it has, you know, you, you're climbing a mountain and different peaks, you think, well, I've made it to the top, and you realize, well, you haven't. And usually you have to kind of go down a little bit and then go back up. And I said, that's kind of how life is, and that's kind of how our turnaround's going to be. And uh, um, along, they all remember the roller coaster, of course, but that was an example of right here in their face that they can look at every day. And I think, I think a lot of them, they look at the mountains and think about that. I think they really do. Like, where was that hike? Um, Santa Anitas? When, yeah, did I say it correctly? Sanitas. I'm sorry. I was think, I, I, I'll smell that Mexican food y'all eat back. That's why I said Santa Anitas. That's Sangria. Okay, all right. Probably because of the position he plays, but Soko um, has kind of been the face of, yes. of the turnaround. Um, is there any way to put into words what he's meant to this program and how much he means to the coaches, staff, and the players? Uh, everything. He's meant everything. Like when you look at this Utah team coming in, they just lost at home to a team that hasn't had the best season. I'm sure that they're going to be extremely motivated. Just how dangerous of a situation is it? It's real dangerous. They're really good. Um, when you see them get off the bus, they're big and powerful. Um, and, you know, uh, Joe Williams is running lights out. Um, and so it's going to be a tough, tough contest. Again, um, they beat us the three years I've been here. We've got to find a way to beat them. All the games have been close, and they found a way to win at the end, and we didn't. So we've got to try to find a way to win it at the end because it's going to be a close, tough battle. You referenced 
Joe Williams. And I just I keep racking my brain. I've never heard of a college player retiring and unretiring in the same season. Yeah. Have you ever heard of that before? I, I no. I wish he would have stayed retired. <laughs> um, no, I haven't ever heard of that before. But I tell you, he. He, he might have found a secret that other running backs would use out there, stay off my legs for a while, don't go through camp, and come back fresh. <laughs> Mike, you talk about uh, Cheeto and Tedrick have you know, become close friends, and they both come through There's a couple of injuries. Yes. That, you know, were not the knee and ankle, they were pretty serious injuries, and they, and they both told me they bonded during that time, so they were about the same time. Oh, yeah, they were. <laughs> yeah. They were at the same time. With them, seeing them go through, yeah. also the bond that, they, that those two have built and what they've experienced. Yeah, I, I have vivid memories. Vivid. I can see myself sitting in the hospital there on, on foothills um, with uh, all of them. Um, you know, the, the day we played UCLA, that we lost that heartbreaker double overtime game. Uh, you know, we lost Tedrick in that game. Um, and then Cheeto got hurt. Um, Kenneth Ogilvie got hurt in that game. Um, and then Cheeto got hurt that next week in practice um, and was out. And uh, I remember being at the hospital, and the doctor said, oh, my gosh, you've got guys in every room. And, uh, um, and, and just them bonding through that and going through that. Um, and, you know, Tedrick's injury, all injuries are um, tough, don't get me wrong, but Tedrick's injury was kind of like very emotional, very, you know, he's out there on the field, they stop the game, they bring an ambulance out, they put him on a stretcher. You know, his brother's calling me from the airport where his team played at Minnesota. His coach is consoling his brother's going hysterical, seeing it in the airport, doesn't know if he broke his neck. You know, it's just one of those surreal moments. Um, and then, you know, Cheeto jumps in practice and comes down on his thing and then starts swelling up, and he's, he's bleeding. So we got to take him to the hospital fast. And, you know, you have all these things happening in about a 48-hour period. Um, and uh, so... Yeah, they did bond, um, and uh, um, they bonded together. And then their, their love for football, their love for their teammates, their love for this university, you know, they kept sticking out and coming back, you know, uh, which is really neat. You know, uh, Tedrick, you know, for a minute there was thinking about not even playing anymore because it was such a dramatic situation. And his brother Cedric talked to him a lot. Uh, his mom, Flossie, we talked a lot. He talked to them. and. Um, and uh, he grew a lot as a person. I think he also grew a lot in his faith at the same time. Um, so it was, it was, a, it was a, he took adversity just like our team is and didn't let it kill him. He took adversity and turned it into positiveness. And uh, if they can learn how to do that in life, they're going to go a long way. Mike, when you took this job, did you say it's going to be year four when all this turns around? Did you even have a timetable in mind, or did you, did you just say, it's going to play out like it plays out, and we're going to keep working. Uh, probably all of the above at some time. Um, you know, of course, you always want to win right away. You can do it. But I, I, I knew for a fact that um, we had to build a foundation um, culturally also. And everybody says that, but any company you do, you have to do that. We had to build a foundation physically, um, and we had to build a foundation mentally because uh, we, were, we were deficient in all those areas. And it takes a while to do all those. So different parts of them come at different times. And uh, uh, so it's kind of all come together. Uh, if I had a timetable, I would have said we're a year early, to be honest. Um, but uh, the great thing is that all those seniors and culmination of different things happened. We were, um, we were able to hit it right now, which is awesome. 
that's why I'm saying I'm so excited that uh, those guys were able to do it. The senior class, what they've gone through is really unique. I mean, yes. It's probably happened at other places here and there, but it doesn't happen. Not happen very often. Everywhere, no. Right. So uh -uh. when you look into the future, um, I mean, they've obviously built a strong bond with you and the brand of Colorado and the university here. In the future, do you expect to see these guys here a lot, around a lot, at games, still helping out in any way they can? I definitely expect to see them around. You know, a lot of them will be playing on Sundays for a while, and then they'll get on their own jobs. But I know all of a sudden I'll we'll pull up at the Rose Bowl someday and, and uh, playing UCLA or at the Rose Bowl, and they'll already be calling me, set, standing there at the gate. You know, we'll, we'll pull up in um, Phoenix, Arizona, the guys that will be living there, and um, they'll be there. and. And then I'll, all of a sudden I'll get a call and they'll, hey, coach, we're all in town. You know, so um, they've developed such a great bond that they'll, they'll stay close. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it, to me it's a, um, a lot like the guys from the, from the right there at the end of the 80s, not the 90s team. They're, you know, that's, when you win a national championship, that's a little, that's a, they're going to, you know, because they, they, they have all these things for them all the time. But th this group of guys is a lot, the guys that I see that you know played in '88 and '89, and um, you can see in their their eyes and faces, they they were kind of the guys that got it, got the got it got the wheel turned, and then everybody else kind of took the baton and ran with it and took it to another level. And uh, I think that's uh, what these guys have done. All right, thank you, coach. All right, thank you. Uh, I just found out myself, so it's it's a blessing, and I'm very honored to be recognized as one of the top Polynesian players in the nation. And uh, I don't know, I just I take a lot of pride in it, so I'm just very thankful for for the honor and, and to be recognized. Do you still talk to Jack Thompson? I do, I do. He was actually at the game on Saturday, and. He got on our sideline somehow for a quick second, and um, yeah, so I, I do keep in contact with him. So, as you start talking to guys about about the senior week and, and talking to them about you, um, the word that keeps kind of coming up is is your toughness. Um, where, where do you think for you that really that really comes from? Like, what, what are some of the things that give you that fabric? I I think I get a lot of it from my parents. Um, a lot of times uh, they tell me that it's not always going to go your way and, and sometimes you just gonna have to fight through. The times my dad took me to PT with his army unit when I was a lot younger. Um, and I just I just really take pride in, in playing with these guys and, and never giving up. And there's times where sometimes you can't continue on and for the most part it's, it's nicks and bruises and if you can't play through that then sometimes 
in my mind at least, I, I just feel like if I can't play through it and it's just a nick or a bruise and I shouldn't be on the team. And so that's where I think I get it from, mainly my parents and, and how they raised me. Do you have a high pain threshold? I probably do now after college. <laughs> so can you kind of put it into words that this is your last game at Folsom Field? No. I think um, I'll probably be emotional on Saturday to – put so much into this program and uh, play for four years, especially with this group and the journey we've been through. It's going to be pretty pretty upsetting to finally know that it's all over. It's, it's come really fast. And so I just want to enjoy the rest of it, you know, the last week of the regular season practice. And, yeah, just enjoy it all because usually this is the time where we're pretty upset because there's nothing really to play for. And so uh, we'll just – have fun playing our game against Utah and then uh, just take it all in afterwards. How much does it mean to you that you're actually going to be playing for something at the end of your career? Uh, it means everything. To be able to help turn the program around with this, this group of seniors and, and everyone else, it's, it's a great feeling because usually at this time of the year we're moseying about on the field and just playing for pride basically. And so I'm, I'm very happy, very very proud of the way our team's playing and just kind of remind ourselves that there's there's a lot more that we can accomplish, and so that this week is, is very important for us. Sefo, you have said in the past that you know whatever it takes, you're willing to do for it to get a win, etc. But did you ever think that you'd be regularly called on to carry maybe 20, 23 times a game? And what does that do, adding another dimension to the offense? I don't think I ever imagined coming into college football and carrying the ball 20 plus times a game it's it's a new dimension like you said that we've added to the offense and I think it adds another thing that the defense has to worry about and so if if that's what it takes to win then, then I'll do it and so you know I think especially even for our defense you know our defense plays very well all season has played very well all season and it, it causes problems for them as well because there's so many options that we can do now and we can really stretch the defense and make him have to cover every inch of the field. What, what does a quarterback feel like the next morning after running for 100 yards? Because you, you had to take a little more contact and say, you know, maybe a leader put a guy that's getting 75, 80-yard gains on those 100 yards. So how did you feel the next day? Perfect. <laughs> no, uh, a little sore. I think after any game when you take hits, you you feel sore. It's, it's nothing different than playing peewee football and then being sore after that. And so... I'm just happy to be able to help my team accomplish some goals. And if it means I'm a little sore afterwards, then we've got a great facility for some for some cold pools. So on Saturday, Jay McIntyre was like a third down safety blanket for you on a couple of occasions. Just talk about his growth as a receiver this year, what you like about him as a receiver. Yeah, he's definitely come along. And I can say that he's definitely earned that spot. It's not like he was given that just because his dad's the head coach. And that's one of the biggest things that I respect about him is how hard he works. And like you said, he was kind of a safety blanket, although sometimes I kind of knew it was going to him. And so he just played really well and he's really progressed as the seasons went on. And I don't know if I could have said that he's going to be one of those guys who you can get the ball to almost 10 times in a game. And so to see his growth from last year as a freshman to, to this year is great to see. So from a, 
racking my brain trying to think of a player that's been more universally loved by his teammates than you, which is a marvelous legacy for you to take out of here. But as a leader, I'm curious. You've got to strike a balance between accountability and the responsibility to one another and be able to foster that kind of love and respect. How have you been able to do that as a leader? Because that's a tough balance to, to create, I think. Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of the guys respect me. A lot of the guys really enjoy being around me. I think the freshmen hate me right now because I don't want this program to fall apart after I leave. And so I'm pretty hard on missing tutors and missing class. And so we've been up together, them and the captains, at 4.45 in the morning for punishment. And so there, there is a fine line. Some of them get really grumpy with me. But I think for the most part, it's really important to stress just that it's not just about football and that those things that are on the outside could really leak into that and, and football can leak into life. And so just trying to stress to those guys that, you know, school is very important. And if they're going to hate me for that, it'll be probably for the week. And I'll take that. You know, it, it, it's important for those guys to learn at, at a young age. So well, you guys are going to be knowing some senior class that finally turned the fortunes of Colorado football around. So I'm just curious, and I know there were seniors before you that put their blood, sweat, and tears into this program, the Nelson Spruces, the Greg Hendersons, and Jared Bells, and what's going on and on. Have you heard from any of those guys during the course of this season? And what have they said to you, and what have you said to them? And, and what's that relationship like with the past players who didn't get the opportunity that you guys have now? Yeah, I've definitely heard from a couple of players. Daniel Munyer's one, who's with the Chiefs right now. Spruces texted me, saw him at the USC game. Uh, Jared Bell's been around. DD, Malcolm Creer, you know, all those guys just saying keep it going, keep those guys ready, keep them ready to play, keep winning. And they're just really excited for us. And that's something that I really appreciate because I think it's easy for guys to, I don't know if selfish is the right word or upset, something like that. And the fact that they're really jealous of something that they couldn't have. But those guys were as much a part of it as we were because those guys were great leaders for us when we were freshmen, we were sophomores. and. They were pushing us to be better, and so they're just telling us to keep it going. You know, I think that they're a part of it as much as, as we are because it, it started when I was a freshman, and, and those guys really helped start building the foundation for the team. Simple one day, years down the line, when your playing career is over, would coaching be something you consider going into? Is that something you have a passion for? Oh, probably not. I don't know. I don't know. My mom tells me I'd make a good coach, but. I haven't really put my mind to it. I don't know if I can coach the Kenneth Olabodes in the world. Those guys are those guys are hard to coach, and so I'll think about it. But right now, I just want to you know just play and go out there and have fun. So for every game you guys have played against Utah has been close. Every game's come within a score, gone down the fourth quarter. Do you feel like that's the ingredients of, of a rivalry that, that will maybe continue to grow after you guys are here? I definitely think the rivalry will continue. You know, it's it's always a tough game when you play against Utah, even from my freshman year, and so we'll battle it out like we always do. And if it comes, you know, to a couple plays here or there late in the game, then we'll have to do it just like Washington State, where we have to make some plays. And yeah, if it comes down to that, we'll we'll, we'll make some plays. When kids go to college, you know, it's when you become a boy to a man. A lot of development happens during your college years. And as a football player who's, you know, at times the face of this university as you prepare for your final home game here at Colorado. I'm just interested, 
What are your feelings about Boulder and about the University of Colorado, and have you created a lifelong bond with this place? I definitely think so. I definitely think I have a very good relationship with people both on and off the field, and even if people don't like me because of my play, that's okay. You know, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. So I, I really enjoyed going to school here. You know, like I, I told someone last week, I paid out of my own pocket to come here on an unofficial visit, and I wanted to see how it was outside of football. And it was kind of the closest thing to the family feel that I could get in terms of going away from home and getting a scholarship. And so that's the main reason why I came here, even when the whole coaching staff change uh, occurred. So I'm just very thankful, very happy to have come to the University of Colorado. And if I had to go through it all again, I'd, I'd do it. Definitely not the big forehead Kenneth Olabode. If I had to say, um, Cephalufa is probably the best. Um, close second is Chidobe Awuzie. And third is probably, um, we'll go with Kenneth Olabode. He's a good team player. He, he has some good call outs. We've got com good communication on the, on the headsets. Thanks, guys. I think it'll it'll hit me game day when we run behind Rafi for the last or yeah for the last time at Folsom. I think that's when it usually hits me because for most games that's when I the nerves actually hit me. It's, I don't feel nervous until like right before the game, so I feel like that's really when it's gonna uh, all come together. Can you talk about uh, Cheeto and Tedrick and, and you came here with them? You kind of got with them. Talk about the bond that they have, what they've meant to this team on and off. I mean a lot. Um, um, the Money Gang, all those guys back there, all the DBs. Um, it's, it's like a brotherhood. <laughs> I mean, coming in here as a freshman, Tito was like the one who played the most out of all of us. And then Tedrick played. And seeing those guys ahead of you that came in with you play is huge. Like It makes you want to go out there and play hard too as well and, and uh, get to that spot. And uh, they're great leaders as well. And they communicate really well back there. And without them, I feel like you know, it would be a different different defense. Gary, you guys have a huge task ahead of you stopping this Utah offense. You want to just talk about the challenges of Joe Williams and Troy Williams? Oh, those guys are great athletes. Um, Joe runs the ball really, really hard. And he's, uh, I mean, he put up, um, I think it was a lot, I don't know, he had a lot of rushing yards against UCLA. And they, did a, they have a great O-line as well. And we just have to go out there and make tackles and contain them. Turnovers and forcing turnovers in this game. It's huge. It's huge in every game. Um, 
and that's one of our goals. And, and we should, or we try to every single game to get turnovers. So put into words what you think this senior class's legacy will be here at the University of Colorado. Man. That's a tough one. Uh, uh, really, I don't know. We came in here as Coach Mack's first class. Most of us did, at least. Um, and we want to be known as that class that kind of like helped turn this program around and really, really make the rise a, a thing. And I just feel like that's what we're trying to do. And that's what we're almost doing. How did you accomplish that? How, how did you turn this program around? Uh, I started all the summer workouts, um, spring ball. And that's it's when when the cameras are off and the lights are off, nobody's watching. Cause what you do in the light, or what you do in the darkness always comes to light. So I mean, it's those times where nobody saw us grinding and working as hard as we could is where is where we turn this program around. Kale, who's the most underrated player on the defense? Um, <clears throat> I'd say as of last week, Nick Fisher. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it hurts when you, you battle all the way through the fourth quarter and you, you don't come out on top. But, I mean, that's kind of how it was. It was all year in the past uh, for us. And so I, we don't like, like that feeling anymore, and we really, really want to go out there and, and show what we can do every single snap and every single play. Any final questions? Thank you, Kevin. Yep.